Chapter 4, Pulmonology. Topic 4, Genetic Pulmonary Syndromes. The first disorder we will discuss is cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis is an autosomal recessive genetic disorder. It's particularly common in Caucasians. The disease's root lies in defective chloride channels which hinder the movement of chloride ions across cell membranes. This results in thick, sticky secretions. It's typically linked to a specific genetic mutation, the deletion of phenylalanine at the 508th position. Patients often show a variety of signs and symptoms, primarily in the pulmonary, gastrointestinal, and genitourinary systems. In terms of pulmonary symptoms, patients often experience recurrent pneumonia, more specifically with Staphylococcus aureus in those under 20 years old and Pseudomonas in those over 20. They can also develop bronchiectasis, chronic bronchitis, allergic bronchopulmonary aspergillosis, and nasal polyps. Gastrointestinal manifestations include recurrent pancreatitis, steatorrhea, fat-soluble vitamin deficiencies of vitamins A, D, E, and K. Newborns may experience meconium ileus, and patients can also suffer from rectal prolapse, jaundice, biliary cirrhosis, and failure to thrive. In the genitourinary system, we see a decrease in fertility in females due to thick cervical mucus and infertility in males due to the absence of the vas deferens. Cystic fibrosis can be diagnosed through a combination of clinical and genetic testing. An increased sweat chloride concentration is a key indicator. Newborns are often screened for increased levels of immunoreactive trypsinogen, and an abnormal nasal potential difference can also be indicative of the disorder. Management of cystic fibrosis is mostly symptomatic as, unfortunately, there is currently no cure. Antibiotics are typically used to treat pneumonia, targeting Staphylococcus aureus and Pseudomonas. Pancreatic enzyme replacement can help with pancreatic insufficiency and steatorrhea. Thick pulmonary secretions can be managed through chest physiotherapy. The use of bronchodilators like albuterol, saline, mucolytics such as N-acetylcysteine, and deoxyribonucleus. Ivacaftor is a CFTR modulator that treats cystic fibrosis patients with the G551D mutation by restoring function of the defective protein. There are several other treatments and interventions to consider. First and foremost, it's crucial to ensure patients with CF are up-to-date with their routine vaccines, including pneumococcal and yearly influenza vaccines. This is important because individuals with CF have compromised lung function, and these vaccines can help protect them from further respiratory infections. The use of azithromycin has also been found to be beneficial in slowing the decline of lung function in patients with CF. Azithromycin is an antibiotic that, besides its antimicrobial properties, also has anti-inflammatory effects and can disrupt biofilm formation by pseudomonas. High-dose ibuprofen is another treatment option. It has anti-inflammatory benefits that may help to slow the progression of lung disease in CF, though its use should be carefully monitored due to potential side effects. Lastly, for severe CF lung disease, lung transplantation can be considered. While this is a significant procedure with its own set of risks, it may offer the potential for improved quality and length of life for some individuals with severe disease. Next, we turn our attention to alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency, AATD, is a co-dominant inherited disorder that predominantly affects the lungs and liver in young patients. It's important to note that these individuals often have minimal to non-existent smoking or alcohol history. Let's delve a bit deeper into the pathophysiology of AATD. Normally, alpha-1 antitrypsin prevents the breakdown of elastin, a key component of lung tissue by a destructive enzyme called elastase. A deficiency of alpha-1 antitrypsin results in unopposed elastase activity in the alveoli, which leads to damage and emphysema. 
Avoidance of smoking is critical as smoking increases the number of inflammatory cells, PMNs, macrophages, that release elastase, accelerating the loss of elastin in the alveoli. In addition, smoking inhibits alpha-1 antitrypsin. Another critical aspect of this disorder is the liver dysfunction that can occur. This happens because the deficient alpha-1 antitrypsin proteins build up in the liver, resulting in hepatocellular dysfunction. So how do these physiological changes translate into observable symptoms? In the pulmonary system, we see symptoms such as dyspnea, cough, wheezing, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and a particular type of emphysema called panacinar emphysema, which predominantly affects the lower lobes. In terms of gastrointestinal symptoms, patients can exhibit jaundice due to hyperbilirubinemia, cirrhosis, and even hepatocellular carcinoma. Diagnosis of AATD often involves serology tests to measure alpha-1 antitrypsin levels in the blood. If liver disease is suspected, PAS positive and diastase-resistant globules can be identified in the liver. Management of AATD mainly focuses on mitigating risks and addressing symptoms. Avoiding smoking and occupational exposure to lung irritants is crucial. In severe cases, enzyme replacement may be recommended, and in particularly severe instances, liver or lung transplantation may be considered. The final genetic pulmonary syndrome we will discuss is primary ciliary dyskinesia, also known as Cartagner syndrome. Primary ciliary dyskinesia is an autosomal recessive disorder. It primarily affects the lungs, heart, genitourinary system, and other organ systems that rely on cilia for proper function. To understand this condition, let's first talk about cilia. These are tiny hair-like structures present on the surface of many cells and they play crucial roles in our body, from moving mucus out of our lungs to helping eggs travel down the fallopian tubes. In primary ciliary dyskinesia, a defect in dynein arms results in immodal or non-moving cilia. Pulmonary symptoms result from impaired clearance of secretions, leading to recurrent pneumonia, sinusitis, otitis media, bronchiectasis, and nasal polyps. Cardiac manifestations are due to impaired cardiac looping during the embryonic phase, leading to conditions such as dextrocardia, which is part of a condition called situs inversus, and transposition of the great vessels. Genitourinary symptoms arise from impaired cilia movement, resulting in decreased fertility. Males may present with immodal sperm, preventing the sperm from reaching the egg, and epispadius, a malformation of the penis. Females may have an increased risk of ectopic pregnancy, as the egg is less able to travel down the fallopian tube and is therefore more likely to be fertilized in the tube itself. In the gastrointestinal system, pyloric stenosis can occur. For diagnosis, a screening test with low nasal nitric oxide levels can suggest the disorder. Definitive diagnosis involves visualization of the ciliary defects with transmission electron microscopy after a nasal or bronchial biopsy. Management for primary ciliary dyskinesia is symptomatic as there's no cure for the underlying genetic defect. Despite these health challenges with appropriate management, most patients can lead a normal active life and have a typical lifespan.